Hello. Do you know what that sound is? <laughs> I am outside. Have to narrate everything that I do. <laughs> it's funny. Now I'm picking my cup of tea off of the ground in the middle of the... Not the middle of the road, the middle of the pavement. Now I'm taking a right. And as soon as I turn, there's a full moon right in front of me. So I saw that and I put my cup of tea down, <laughs> ran back home, got the microphone, got my phone, came back, here we are. I had no idea, to be honest. You know, I have this application on my phone that keeps like sending me every time there's an astrological event. And it did send me something about the moon today, but I just swiped it away. Didn't read what it was. It's pretty beautiful, man. Just me, my tea, and the moon. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the moon one day. I think you guys know that. I'm going to walk on the moon one day. That I promise. I promise. I want to look back at all of this. I want to sit on the moon, punch the ground. I've actually imagined myself more than once uh, recording and Recording myself talk on the moon, you know, I ask myself like what would I say if I'm on the moon and, and the world is listening to me right now? What would I say? <laughs> what would I say if the world was listening? Because the world would listen The world would listen The world has to listen. Has to understand. <sighs> yeah, I can see, I can see why it's easy for people to think I'm weird or that I'm delusional. <laughs> I don't know, it's just like I know, like this feeling I have of, of the things that I need to accomplish and the things that I want to, just me being me, like I know that that's not going to, to change. Like I've, I, I've talked to people who are older than me who always told me, yeah, I used to be like that when I was your age, you know, all full of dreams and hopeful. I think it's, it's too many cars. It's pretty noisy. Get away from here. I was gonna go to the swing. I talked about it before. <laughs> if you listened. A lot of people who, you know, said, I know this fire that you have, you, you know, these, these things you wanna do. Like, I was like that, but, but then you become realistic and you, <laughs> and you see life for what it is. I'm like, no, dude, you're not seeing life for what it is for shit. Infinite possibility, you know, all you have to do is explore. And I'm, I'm not saying that... <sighs> everyone, everyone has their challenges, everyone has the thing, has something that happens, happens to them that you know, either shifts their perspective in this way or that way. And I'm the type of person who does things on purpose to shift my perspective on purpose. Like, I want perspective, I want to understand, I want, you know, there's, sure, that sometimes there's fear in approaching something that you don't know. But there's so much 
Like, what am I trying to protect if I want to protect myself from that fear? What am I trying to protect? What am I trying to protect? What is actually going to get hurt? Me physically, me mentally, my idea of, of what I think anything is. There is no idea of what anything is. <sighs> what would I say if the world would listen? Or if the world was listening? A part of me, you know, thinks that, that maybe, maybe one day, 50 years from now, almost everyone or a lot of people would be listening to these right now. So if what I'm saying right now is going to be carried that far and echo that that far, should it be about me? Should it be about my perspective of the things about me? Should it be about... And I struggle with that. I struggle with that often. You know, is, is it interesting enough? Is it worthwhile? Because a lot of episodes are just me telling you guys, I'm just talking, you know, <laughs> about my life, about what I'm going through, sometimes about my goals, sometimes about how I want to attain those goals. Honestly, I haven't often talked about how I want to attain my goals, like the, the process, like the plan in my head that I, you know, have an overview of, and I'm like in the moment try, try to just do, do what I can. Because right now, sure, I have a thesis and do in 10 days or like, 10 days, I have 10 days to work on it and I have I have to write another 10,000 words you know, I have I have 3,000 words I'm not, I wouldn't say they're even that good <laughs> and I have to do another 15,000 words but hey, like I wrote Understanding Intelligence in, in basically 3 weeks <laughs> I rewrote the entire thing in 3 weeks and that that was that was 40,000 words, so I think I can do this. Just that, you know, with academic work and citing and all of that, it's just limiting. But like, it's just my idea of it being limiting that, that limits, really. And I'm seeing that a lot of anything that limits me is my idea of how it limit, limits me, really. Like right now with the podcast itself, like I feel like I've been following a very, very, a process that I've gotten used to. Definitely, you know, I put the mic on, I talk. Sometimes I have intentions of, you know, some topic that I want to approach. Like, I wanted to approach this topic before I started. And sometimes I have an idea of, of things that I want to say differently or how I want to approach this differently. But it's all, it's a lot, most of the time, it's very spontaneous. Then I start doubting myself, like, there are episodes where I, I said things or confessed to things. Last episode I confessed about taking ADHD medicine and being diagnosed. And do I want people to have that as a label on me? Should I mention that? Should I mention the shroom trip that I, that I went through? You know, there's people that they accomplished so much in their lives first, and then they were comfortable around or about telling the world what they think about certain things and then because they have that credibility they, they they can say those things you know about their experiences about what they think anything is and my only credibility honestly is just the fact that I exist and I'm, I'm willing to just share it for literally anyone who wants to listen you know even like the episode where I talked about going to the MUN and having like five different girls complain about me for hitting on them or talking to them. Uh, I can see, I can easily see how something like this can get back to me uh, 50 years from now, you know, someone taking the audio, playing around with it and, and blackmailing me. But I guess what I'm hoping is really just like if I do put myself <laughs> in front of the eyes of anyone who wants to to see then just move with the process man <laughs> be courageous enough to trust that people will see that my intention is really good and I don't I never want to hurt anyone I just want us all to 
uh, have less fear in general. Realize that there's not much to protect. There's not much to protect. So I've been, you know, in this podcast, like I said, I hate the word podcast. I've been following a process. I've been following, you know, I sit in front of the microphone, I start talking. I have an application that I use, it's called Anchor. And it's a free open open source application. You don't have to pay for it. I record on it. It's easy to edit. You know, sometimes I remove an um. Sometimes I remove, uh, like I'd say the, a word, a word twice, like just right, like right now, and I'd remove <laughs> this just like one word. So I just polish it up a little bit. Usually I listen to it at two times the speed, because uh, you know, spending an hour recording and then listening to that for an hour, it's nice because you reflect on what you say, especially if you record record early in the week and then listen to it later in the week and then you're like oh this is this is what i thought then this is how i decided to explain it oh but wait i forgot to explain this oh wait i forgot to explain that and then then you start thinking like how important is it for me to have mentioned this thing that i think i didn't mention uh it's just what i paid attention to it is what I paid atten- attention to. Who knows how many other things went on that I didn't pay attention to. This is just what I saw and how I saw a situation, how I saw a story. Like when I talked to that rich dude in the restaurant who fingered his daughter in front of me and, and like she was shocked after two seconds of seeing that. Now, within that one story, it's, it's every single person is going to see it very differently. And then, then I have to ask myself, even when I write, you know, well, I have a paragraph of something that I wrote and I think like, wow, I really like this paragraph, but it doesn't fit in the context of everything else that's, say- that's been said. But a part of you wants to keep it just because you, you're the one that created it. You feel like there's this attachment of it just inherently being important when, in fact, in the, pers- in the user or the reader's perspective, going through what it is that you're creating or what it is that you're saying, that fact in of in, in of itself wouldn't be so relevant within the context of how they're perceiving or imagining what you're trying to to convey. So there's that, you know, and and then I think, you know, can I mention what I missed in another episode, or do I do I throw it in, re-record like something, re-record uh, later on, and then just put it in in a place that I think fits within an already existing audio but then you know I don't want to fuck with the experience of how my voice is at some point and how my tempo is and how everything is and then it cuts and then there's another tempo and then it cuts back to to the normal tempo again so I think it's I notice it at least and if I notice it I like sure there's things I can do to change it but I think this is this is the point right now. I'm, I'm at a point, sure, I've done this for 10 months. I told myself I'll do it for eight years, I have seven years and, and two months to go. And I didn't really gain any listeners or anything like that during those 10 months. And one of the reasons I tell myself is because I didn't try. I didn't market it. I didn't, uh, all I've, who, who I marketed, marketed it to were the people around me people I'd meet, we'd be talking and then somehow I bring it up or on Facebook or on Instagram or the guests or anything like that. But in reality, it's not anything that I, you know, I didn't tap into other people's networks. I didn't uh, add anything new to the table in any any case, you know. It's just for me, it's a tool that's helped me appreciate the value of words a lot more of how to get to a point, you know, the fact that I'm trying to explain things that matter to me or the things that I'm going through, you know, lets me either pick off on what I, th- what I think is important or not important, or lets me know how to say them better in a real life context when I'm actually talking to a person face to face. So right now, if I want to like explain intelligence to someone, <laughs> I'm a lot, you know, better at doing that. I can do that. Uh, somehow uh, quickly and efficiently I optimizing the process right uh, it's crazy like I watched a video today about uh, this guy called 
Patrick Seitelman, Patrick something, and he's like a mushroom expert. He's a fucking mushroom expert, man. This guy has been studying mushrooms for like 50 years at least. <laughs> he talks about, you know, how how mushrooms have reached, like, in reality, reached the level of, of intelligence that we're also a product of because we share our ancestry with mushrooms, apparently. And 650 million years ago, there were mushrooms as tall as, as trees, you know, they were very, very tall. And then they covered like really, really large masses. And how the networks between the cells and different parts of the mushrooms were, were as complicated as the networks in our brains, mainly. And that it wasn't a centralized type of control, it was decentralized. So the mushroom was communicating between itself, it was aware if there's something here or something there. If you step on a mushroom and walk by, then it, re it reacts to that. It tries to, you know, absorb some of the debris that was uh, that was left behind as you walked away. So he starts talking about how mushrooms were, were aware and how there's the hypothesis of apes eating mushrooms and how our brains grew, doubled in size within two million years of our evolutionary history just because of this, consump this consumption of mushrooms. And sure, it's a hypothesis, it's not something that can be proved, but it's, it can be quite easily acceptable, I think, to think that some monkeys or whatever were just uh, hungry and they ate some, some shrooms, you know? <laughs> and then started tripping balls. <laughs> I don't see that as, as something unlikely. And, and then the monkey sits there and he's like, whoa, <laughs> I just connected to, to this decentralized self that's everything, which is a stage that mushrooms have already reached, you know? And then that expression of complexity of intelligence is happening through us right now. <laughs> I, thought, I just thought it was, it was funny how much this guy loved, uh, he's passionate about what he's doing, which is good for him, man. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with this. I was talking about uh, my process and then explaining things. It's a tool for me. So right now, since it is a tool for me, you know, it's and and let's say like I didn't gain any any new listeners. You know, sure sometimes I don't know who the fuck's listening. I don't. I said ten people the other day. I really have no idea how many people are listening or who wants to or who doesn't want to. Uh, all I know is that no one called me telling me I'm, I'm, a, I'm an idiot yet, so that I'm, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> I said, I told a friend that today, and, and she she was like, I don't get it. I'm like, uh, dude, how can't you get it? And she goes like, uh, haters only hate successful people. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. So if I don't have any haters, that means that I'm not successful <laughs> uh, in that sense. But haters gonna hate. I should take this as an opportunity, really. Like the fact that no one is listening right now means that I need to experiment as much as possible. I need to, you know, throw in a, a sound here or a sound there. I'm probably not gonna do that right now because I don't wanna even think about doing anything other than my thesis. But, uh, I, I should, you know, I should try to find different programs and I should even sit down while recording as a part of the process of recording itself, look for ways to improve what it is that I'm doing because I'm never taking the time to actually see uh, and focus on this and, and see how it can be better. Uh, and, you know, at any moment I could, instead of watching a series or, or playing a game, I could, it's not as if I'm watching series and playing games all day, but... I can just go online and, and try to find the answers to the questions that are important for me. And the question is, how can I innovate something that everyone is, is doing in their own way? Trying to, you know, when I started sure I saw what worked for some people and what, what didn't for others. But I need to do more of that. It's not just doing it once and thinking that's it. 
you know, sure I talked about how at some point I want to create a visual experience that you go through when you want to listen to the podcast instead of opening it and just seeing like a hundred episodes in a row and feeling overwhelmed that you're gonna have to listen to this guy <laughs> talk about a random shit for for who knows how long and it just feels intimidating for me like when I open up any podcast it just feels like super 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 a lot it just feels like a lot and I think like for me experience matters more than anything you know when I enter a hotel or when I enter a restaurant or when I just look at a store from outside I think you know about what is what is the experience I'm going through as I interact with this right now because the second I see it I'm interacting with it some stores feel like they're more welcoming than others that you can enter them easily others feel like it's a bit pressure you know you like it feels squeezed in a way that I shouldn't enter it or I can't enter it and you know from that moment on that shit matters that that really matters and I think being able to design an experience from start to finish is what anything really is because everything at the end of it is an experience that you go through at least that's how I see it you know at least that's how I see it even if you use a product or a service or anything you're experiencing it and what you want is to have a good experience all in all in the end to think like whoa this was nice this was worth it I want to do it again and I've been thinking a lot about and I've I'm always asking myself like what is this midnight wisdom about what is it about what is it about uh, do I want to do I want to really do it for the next seven years like is it something that I still want to do because the past uh, maybe eight episodes seven episodes I've felt I haven't been at my best for the past two months you know and a part of me started feeling hate or I wasn't satisfied with the with the podcast I wasn't satisfied with where it is where it's going and and I, I like the fact that I feel this often because it makes you want to either get out of where you are or really change where you are and because I can't get out I have to do this for seven more years I have to change it I have to see what about myself what it is about myself that I want to change what it is about this that I want to change and try to do that and I want to do that really I really do And at the end of the day, it is, you know, more or less my journal, my story, that just, it's my perspective. Maybe a part of me feels like if I share that perspective with anyone willing to listen, like you right now, then some of that might rub off on you. Maybe some of it might repel you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well... I mean, if you're this far in, <laughs> um, but generally, I, I I like I like to have this type of memoir that I could go back to if I ever feel like it, and see, you know, this is what I went through this week. This is what I went through that week. Listen to an episode and think, you know, where was I when I recorded it in my life? What was I going through? Like right now, I'm pacing back and forth on a pavement that has a few trees on it it's, uh, and cars parked to the side and the moon behind me but it's sadly covered with clouds and <laughs> you know pacing somehow makes me gives me clarity with my thoughts but like today I don't know I've been I'm trying to be I'm trying to be focused and I'm trying to pay attention and I'm trying to and there's so much trying in it, right? But I sat today in a cafe trying to write for my thesis and I was just like, my head was everywhere else besides just that. But sometimes, you know, you just live your day right to the point where when you're doing something, you're just in it and nowhere else. And you know, this is where you're supposed to be. And that feeling, I guess, is something I crave. And then when you crave it and then you chase after it, you don't get it. <laughs> What a dilemma, man. What the, what a fucking thing, you know, like.
life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to this girl the other day. I thought she was cute, so I went up to her and, and talked to her. And I really liked how her her entire persona was, you know, she turned out that she meditates and occasionally also takes mind-altering substances. So she was pretty cool. But then I, you know, told her about the book and how it's a, let's say, philosophical thing. And she's like, you know, what motivated you to actually do this? Like, why do you think you're philosophical? And I told her, you know, I don't think I need the reason. I think the, fa the fact that I'm alive, the fact that I'm alive is, is enough reason for me to to be, you know, curious as shit to why or what this is. And she's like, okay, fair, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, man. And yeah, this goes back to the credibility question, you know, how am I credible to anything? Honestly, as of right now, I haven't created the type of impact that I think, you know, anyone that has credibility could say that they, they did. Um, sure, like I've 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 had some moments with friends of mine where like I was I talked to them in a way that that triggered something in them that changed them, and I, a part of me wanted to reflect that back into into the podcast, you know, this clarity. But like I ask myself, you know, I'd be walking, I'd be walking through normal life, and I'd be like, you know, I'm I'm normal. I'm not, I'm not, why would I always think that I'm so different from everyone? I haven't created anything different, I haven't. Well, that's not very true. <laughs> that's not, that's not so true. That's not so true, but, uh, like right now, you know, I'm pacing middle of the night with a tea in my hand talking to myself. I don't think normal people <laughs> do that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I'm still human, you know, I'm capable of what a human is capable of. I can only move in the ways a human can move. And I'll, if I move in, in the way that I, I think is appropriate for my type of intelligence that's unique to me, then I think that aligns me with with this movement of things. And, and then maybe more energy that that's good would go through me. So it's it's not as if I'm creating it. I'm just letting myself be something that this energy can experience itself through and I want it to experience itself through through me because then I I have a good life as a unique whatever you whatever I am you know as a unique entity by myself within this everything you know because you're somehow I don't know You're somehow you, and you have your own unique experience, but that experience is what gives any of this any meaning. I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, we can think about how the universe, in what state the universe was before we existed. You know, just uh, information colliding and bombarding and growing in complexity and like atoms arranging or chemicals and all of that. But, we, and we might think, you know, that's, that's not special or that's inhumane or that's um, distant from us or that it's insignificant or lifeless or it's not a part of us or anything like that. But now the fact that we do exist and we can look back and think about that, then just that fact in itself gives gives that event, the past events, a lot of meaning. And if we never did exist, then in essence, then that, that whatever happened beforehand might as well not have happened. But we are here and we're a part of the networks. This, uh, Like this uh, mushroom guy said, you know, uh, the networks that uh, that exist within mushrooms are basically a biological, a biologically proven method of, and and the optimal way for energy to move. 
between between itself. You know, he didn't phrase it like that, but uh, he compared it to how our brain works, and that was the, and then to how the internet works and how information travels. So how we created the internet through us as also a product of of this process that that's always 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 accumulating things in a direction you know product out of product out of you know, process out of process out of process and the internet is just the biologically proven formula of of that network that already exists within within mushrooms and then i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing you know i'm looking at a tree and i'd see you know this okay this tree grew and then it reached its height but even even if it reached you know its height it's still as a process always continuing and it's having this constant exchange constant 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 exchange with everything around it you know through its leaves through oxygen through through the ground through light you know there's this constant exchange this process and that even though let's say the tree in itself isn't growing even though it, in, like it's growing as long as it's alive it's it's growing but it's not growing as fast as it used to it's still giving room for everything around it to also grow so sure the tree is a unique expression of a process moving in an intelligent manner but that process moving in the way that it's moving is allowing multiple other processes around it to also move in the directions that they need to move so <laughs> To get this thought across, uh, in the book I mentioned more than once how through a few things, through certain limits, things can grow in an infinite number of directions. You know, how as a human cell, just one zygote at the beginning, you can grow, look at how different everyone is, you know, people can grow into so many different things and you know look at animals we have we had dinosaurs we have ants we have birds that can fly all of these animals they i believe you know stemmed from one thing that branched out into so many different infinite directions but all of these infinite directions also rely on each other because they're a part of the same network But then there's like one thing then within that infinite, within those infinite directions, one, one thing that, one of those directions that can also grow in an infinite number of directions, or maybe more than one thing, but mainly like this thing right now is us, you know, life grew in an infinite number of directions. A lot of it died off, a lot of it didn't, and this network and food chains and hierarchies, they grew. You have trees, you have, you know, how different a tree is from uh, from us, but we share ancestry with a tree, you know, we share DNA with a tree, we share DNA with a mushroom. <laughs> we share everything with all of this. These networks growing parallel to each other in an infinite number of directions, but then there's one direction, which is us, that then continues that growth in an infinite number of directions. And all these other directions are supporting that. But then once we grow into that direction, all of these other directions, they sort of diminish and they, they die out, let's say, just like we're killing the, a lot of species and all of that. And it's very comparable to how water moves through a river, you know? It flows in different directions, but then there's one direction it flows through a lot more and then you know, water starts moving away from the other directions and focusing into that direction. But then that direction is also going to branch out into a lot more areas. And then one of them is going to be a lot more and then water moves into... It's all the same water. It's just, uh, it's always moving. It's always moving. But it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's how it's focusing itself always expressing itself differently to itself uh, <laughs> so i think i think that's a really crucial idea to try to understand the universe at least to, to the point where i am 
uh, this infinite growth that branches out and then caves back in, it branches out and then caves back in and branches out and then caves back in and an infinite number of directions that then can grow in an infinite number of directions and then can grow in an infinite number of directions. So right now, like, the possibilities of where we can go are insane. And we'll focus on this and that and that and that. Who knows which direction we'll go? It's not information I have, you know. I can try to look at the information that's here, extrapolate from all the nonsense that we have around us, try and see, like, a pattern of, of what's happening, what's happened in the past, you know. Sure, like, if energy can grow in an infinite number of directions, and right now those directions for us, like, maybe it's not something that we can perceive yet. Sure, like, I can look at energy and tell myself, like, okay, energy will always find a way for itself to move within a collective of similar things that can also communicate within different things or between different things as well. And you, we look at, we look, sure, we can look at a mushroom and say, like, energy found the most efficient way to to move between different parts of the mushroom. And and they, like, this guy, show, like, they showed us in the video this experiment of how they put a mushroom at the beginning of a maze and they put a food source at the end of the maze and they waited. <laughs> And the mushroom, at, at the beginning, grew randomly and it filled out almost the entire maze. But then it found, it found the basically most optimum path from A to B. It found the, it's where, it's where it started and then it found the food and the path, the best path to the food, which was the only path to the food. And it got to that and then that one line between it and at the food, it got, you know, stronger and emphasized. And everywhere else it grew, exploring those different paths in the maze, those died out. Those died out. But it needed to go in those directions to be able to find the food. And that I would relate to how, you know, sure, it found the most optimum way for its energy to move between two points, which is great, you know, good for it. But that's how energy does. <laughs> it's doing that in our brain best way for anything to move between uh, two neurons, uh, electrical impulses, bam, bam. And that creates our idea of reality through the patterns of information that are coming into our heads. So if I want to see it like that and see like how our planes are getting faster, how communication isn't just happening at an electrical level in our brains, it's happening at this physical level of how we travel, of how we do our phone calls, of how we send emails. Fuck how we, word, how we work together in groups on Word documents or shared Excel sheets or shared Word documents. We can both be working on a paper together uh, while we're both, you know, two countries apart and write on the same paper at the same time and I wish it was just that instead of having to to write a paper and then throw it because we you know you can't write two sentences on the same line you can you can change the font you can change the color of the words you can choose how big they are you can choose how all of these things you're just creating a more efficient way for energy to to display itself very very quickly between two different parties so our planes are going to get faster or we'll find you know maybe another method to even travel our cars are going to be more automated and it's going to be a more efficient process and it's going to keep becoming a more efficient process until we don't have to travel anymore um, but like take it to a, a universal context, you know, this is going to happen, you know, between planets, how information is traveling between planets is going to be faster and faster. And all of these planets, all of these galaxies, communication between them is going to happen faster and faster. Now, some, some scientists say, you know, no matter what, we'll never leave our galaxy 
or we'll never be able to because the space between our galaxy and another galaxy is too much like dude you know i get that you know this is how this is where we're at right now but i mean look at what we've managed to accomplish in in, in 300 years dude like i don't know how the fuck we're gonna travel within the next 10,000 years you can't tell me that i can't fucking leave my own galaxy all we've ever been doing is pushing limits but that's a limit that's really too far ahead for us to, to even care about. Why, I don't, why would I care about a limit that, that you know, <laughs> if it's that far of a limit, uh, you know, I, I can't even try to think of, of I, I'm not even sure what questions to ask to try and cross this limit, you know. Uh, but right here and right now where my life is with the system that I'm in, I can I can definitely be like, okay, I can push this limit here, push that limit there, see in which direction I can grow, in which direction I can't, and then adjust my energies, just like the water moving through the paths, infinite paths, and then converging again. I can do that with my own life. And, and you know, I look at, I look at when I went canoeing, you know, two weeks ago, I saw dragonflies flying around each other and dancing and, and going to flowers. And, and, you know, they had zero awareness of my existence in their in their environment why the fuck would they care that that information is, is completely irrelevant to their existence you know to them what's relevant is that flower there or that female dragonfly over there uh, and trying to either mate or i don't know how the fuck they live their lives just that they they care about their own system any information other than that is relevant the only time that information is relevant is when it endangers their survival or endangers the system that they've already built or the system they're already inhabiting then that information is relevant and then they need to do something about it but they don't have the mental capacity to do something about it it's a genetic process mainly uh, that they have to go through which is just slower and this is us too you know you we're in our systems but our issue is that we're so aware of all of these other systems and it's not as if we're just in, in one system that we're operating in. We're operating in a, in a set of a lot of different systems or if you want to think of them as games, it's, it's a lot better. Uh, a lot of different games that we play and we're always playing a lot of different games but we also have awareness of a, of a set of different games happening around us of, of, uh, between other people between other, you know, between governments, between companies, between, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. there's so many, so many games being played. And we can be aware of these different levels of games. And that, that's interesting, you know, I can look at a, look at the dragonfly and be aware of the system it's operating in and be like, whoa, that's cool. Although that's really irrelevant information for me as as an entity, you know, all I, <laughs> it's not something that should be important to me. Uh, somehow it is. Somehow it's something that I pay attention to and I'm curious about. So this observing nature in us, this awareness that uh, that sees you know different systems and sees how different uh, actors within these different systems can actually perceive that. You know, I think that's pretty brilliant. You know, I think. That I think that's such a cool thing. Uh, <laughs> that's such a cool thing. I don't know what point I was trying to reach. Uh, I'm sure there was one. Uh, I'm sure there was one. <laughs> I'm sure, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, dragonflies, how a bee functions, just cares about its own system. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> the limits that I'm pushing, the limits that I'm pushing for me in my life, they have to do with my my own system, my own game that I'm playing. What is it that I can push on right now? So if, if you started a company, you start at the bottom and you, and you ask the CEO for advice. You know, you, you don't ask the CEO advice on what you can do when you're a CEO. 
because it's, it's a very different game that he's playing and for you to get to his game you need to play by different rules for, for quite a while so you don't ask him to give you advice of, as, as him as a CEO right now you ask him to give you advice of how he was or how he sh would have acted if he was in your position right now because it's your game right now and that's the system that you need to be aware of and to take care of and you know this is a problem that I have, have all the time you know like I'm, I'm, I'm in a low level in my life right now I wouldn't say that low you know but I'm <laughs> living on a mattress you know going back to that story um, I'm not I'm not where I think I can be I'm not where I want to be uh, and to get to the levels that I want to get I have to go through still a lot of things you know and and my issue is that you know I have this idea of the life that I want very clearly in my head and I know that if I was living that life I would do really well you know I've told myself this before like if I was already a CEO of a company I would do great well you know cool good good for you for thinking that but you need to get there you know you need to you need to move through the levels that you need to move to get to that thing and once you're there you'll find another challenge so yes I do think that we'll be able to close that gap between galaxies because that's just how energy does <laughs> that's just how energy does its shit you know like it will find an optimum way to move between the collective and the collective isn't just one galaxy it's galaxies and even if it's not between even if it's not us that just just go to a galaxy uh <laughs> you know aliens let's not forget the aliens everything I've ever seen, you know, if, if I look at anything, it's always a collective. It's always a collective. It's always a collective. You know, it's a collective of atoms. It's a collective of cells. It's a collective of tissues. It's a collective of, of planets. It's a collective of galaxies. It's a collective of, you know, I don't know if there is a collective of universes either. But everything I see, I have, I have not been able to witness one thing that just exists on its own I haven't seen that you know and I I dug in my brain you know like I dug quite a bit like what's just like one thing that's just one thing and I can't see I can't see something like that so I can't, I can't think to myself that you know that life itself isn't also a collective that's growing on in different areas in the universe you know, if there's different galaxies and there's different everything, then there must be different life, different forms. Maybe not in the way that we even understand life, but it's still going to be energy. It's still going to be, it's still going to communicate. <laughs> it's still going to communicate. So even if, even if aliens, if aliens can do exist in the way that we, you know perceive them if they also have humanoid structures or they have brains and awareness and they they build colonies and all of that they might not have the motivation to build colonies like we do they might just be like fungus you know fungus reached the stage where it found you know this harmony between itself and the environment and it's it's happy you know it's, it's reached this wisdom of of us uh, of this and alien life can be just that it can be fungus um, but uh, you know let's say it is a hum humanoid and it does it does build colonies the way that we do and it has culture the way that we have culture you know just like we have we had wars between us just because we were you know this guy is asian or this guy is american or this guy is german this guy is jewish let's fight we fought because we didn't understand that other culture. No, we didn't understand that. We didn't understand other cultures, and the fact that we didn't understand them made us scared that 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 unknown is going to infringe on what we know within our systems. This other system might fuck with our system, you know. So I can easily imagine, like, we'd be absolutely terrified if we see aliens. But the commonalities the common elements and the similarities between us and aliens is the fact that we're energy and we'll communicate but we'll communicate differently 
and will communicate in ways that will seem very, 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 very foreign to, to each other. And not just us seeing it foreign to them, but them seeing it foreign to us. You know, it's, it's a two-way thing, communication. It's not just one way. And I think it's just so important to understand that when aliens do come or when we go to aliens is to be mindful that to them what they seem as normal, what they deem as normal and right for them is just going to be very different from what's right or wrong for us. You know, it might be normal for them to eat each other. It might be normal for them to sleep with their brothers and sisters. It might be normal. I don't know how the fuck aliens live, man. I, I haven't ever seen one. But they're going to be doing shit that's going to be fucking terrifying for us. And we're going to think like, oh shit, they must be evil. No, it's normal for them. It's not normal for us. We just need to see that and be really okay with that, you know? Uh, they might not communicate through words. They might communicate through light. You know, just like the Teletubbies, you know, they have a screen on their belly. They might just flash different colors, different frequencies on their screen. Different, different degrees of light, you know, we don't see the entire spectrum of, of, uh, of waves, you know, and, and who knows how many different waves of energy they can be releasing, depending on what type of, uh, or what form of energy was available to them to use to interact with. So for us, it's sound and, and you know, our bodies and how we move, we utilize sound to talk. Uh, who knows what they utilize to, to talk, or uh, it wouldn't be talking at that point, it would be something else. But they will communicate, they will definitely communicate. And it will be up to us to bridge that gap. You know, for us right now, it's pretty okay. Like when we see, if, if you right now don't, if you aren't able to read Arabic and you see an Arabic sentence, it's going to look confusing to you and you're not going to understand it, which is normal. But because, you know, you can see it and you can think to yourself, oh, this, this looks Arabic, you know, you can put it in a box and you can explain it. You can say that, sure, I don't speak this, but I know that this, these other people somewhere else, they speak this, they understand it, they're human too, we're not that different, it's fine, you know, I can see this and not be absolutely terrified. But with aliens, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty similar, but it's just that we won't be able to put it in a box, you know, <laughs> we won't be able to explain it away. Uh, especially because it might not even be words or, or letters uh, with a <laughs> like with this Arabic sentence you know that you know this other Arabic person is gonna read it and he's going to be able to assign certain meanings to these different arrangements of sound or different arrangements of, of letters uh, but with uh, aliens I don't think we'll be able to do that quite easily just the point I'm trying to get to is like we need to just be very mindful of of that you know and and maybe then when we can communicate with aliens through different galaxies then we'll be able to bridge those those gaps but i don't think that energy is going to limit itself from moving just because of of, of gaps or limits we push limits this is what we are this is what inherently energy is it will always move it will always move it will always move it will always move either through us or through something else it will still move uh beyond us or through us and we just either let it or we we deny it and if we deny it we deny our nature and uh, and it's, I'm not saying it has to be good or bad it's just going to move it's just going to move up and down left and right opposites and all of that uh, duality collectives it's crazy like uh, really, like I don't see one thing that's that just standalone exists on its own. Not not a single thing, not one single thing have I seen. Uh, so like, really, if you want to shoot me a message on Facebook or something, <laughs> tell me like, yo man, there's this actually one thing that I that I saw, uh, and then like, tell me how it's not made of of so many other things, uh, collectives that somehow connect and make sense this collective communicating through that collective, encompassing this other collective that's also creating this other collective and this representation, representing this other representation. And then I, I can't look at all of this and think it's just a beautiful expression of complexity and intelligence, you know, I just can't. Um, when I started, <laughs> I remember the first episode of Theories of Existence, I was, I was like, uh, yo, um, just a disclaimer, you know, whatever I say, I don't believe in anything. 
I I just I don't want to label. I personally, right now, I, I don't want to label anything that I believe. Like, I don't know what I believe. You know, then you have to define what belief is. But I I don't know what I believe. I and back in that episode, I said like I I don't know what what could this what this possibly could be, and I'm not try I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like label it or say that I'm this one thing or that I believe in this one thing right now I can't see how I can see this differently as an as intelligence expressing itself infinitely man I don't know how I can see it differently I'm sure I'm sure this is going to develop and move because <laughs> energy is always moving right I don't think like I'll ever reach a point where I'm like, the loop is closed. Maybe I will, maybe, maybe not. Probably just by being and acting without, uh, without thinking about it, probably is how, how the loop is closed. But uh, to get to that is not the same as talking about it. If anything, talking about it <laughs> is, is, is an attempt, and attempts uh, are disruptions in flow. Even disruptions in the flow of how energy moves seems to be like the flow of how energy moves. Like, sure, you fucked up here, but this fuck up is a is a necessity for energy to move. Like, something that pissed me off. Something that pissed me off. Uh, I think it was three, four years ago. There's this black scientist with a mustache called Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he got pretty famous for creating this show called The Cosmos. It's pretty cool. It's a good show and he has a nice nice black voice. So it's it's not a bad thing. Uh <laughs> he's he, it's it's a good show like The Cosmos. It's it's uh, uh, like it goes into history of the universe and where we are right now and all of that. It's pretty cool. So he's he's quite famous and mainly just because he's a black scientist with a mustache, you know, and his voice is very deep. And he stood up and he was giving this lecture. And by the way, like I remember, like five years before he got famous, I saw I saw a YouTube video of him that had like maybe ten thousand views or like maybe fifty thousand. It wasn't wasn't that much. And it was him talking about uh, a time machine that he created, and he was just so so stupid, you know, in that video. Like I, I looked at him, I was like, what the fuck is this guy on about, you know? Um, Maybe he's he was right with how he was explaining it, but he just looked like a depressed scientist that, that wasn't uh, wasn't happy. And then when I saw him again, I was like, I'm sure this this is him. And now he's famous, and somehow he's 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 famous. Uh, no, like my my issue with with him is he, that he stood up for 40 minutes and talked in front of basically the brightest scientists in the world, and he keeps on throwing in the message that. Most scientists, the more the more you look at the smarter and smarter scientists, the more you see whatever a fucking smart scientist is, the more you look at the elite scientists, the more you find that the rate of atheism uh, increases with them. And he wants to justify that, and he's an atheist himself, and he talks about how intelligent design is bullshit. So, so what is intelligent design? Intelligent design is, is being... Our entity, since we're mirror images of God, according to religion, and that God created everything perfectly in His image, you know, because if He's the master creator, then everything that He created should be a masterpiece. And you know, like in a sense, I think everything is a masterpiece. Because what is a masterpiece? A masterpiece doesn't have to fucking be perfect. A masterpiece has to fit. It has to work. It has to function, it has to move, it has to say something. And that's what a masterpiece does. And fucking everything around us somehow works, somehow isn't falling apart, somehow is moving, somehow physics makes sense with biology, somehow biology makes sense with chemistry, somehow trees can house thousands of species living on them, somehow the river moves and, and brushes away on that stone that turns into sand that can, I don't know, create a mountain. 
it all fits it all makes sense even within our own body everything works with everything else so so i i do think like this is pretty good good work you know like this is pretty interesting and if you can create a master if you can create a human that can end up eventually creating a masterpiece then holy shit you're even better than a you're the you're the ultimate creator you know essentially so he he debated he debated how we aren't intelligently designed as as a human body as as human entities is that we only have one hole that we can uh, breathe and and swallow and talk through at the same time, which is you know our, our throat and mouth. And if if it would be intelligent, then we would have two two separate places where you can breathe and eat at the same time, so you don't choke. If this was intelligent design, then you would have four arms or six arms or seven instead of just two. If if it was intelligent design, then you you would be able to, I don't know move your fist, rotate your fist clockwise, your right fist clockwise, while being able to rotate your left fist counterclockwise at the same time. And I looked at this video, man, and it had like millions of views, and he had like just thousands and thousands of likes. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about, man? Like, what the fuck? Where are you coming from with all of this? You know, you're, you're a scientist, and I get that, and you have your degree in astrophysics, and that's great. But what the fuck, you know, like, if we were perfect, why would we ever have any reason to continue to move? What limits would we push against? What would motivate us to act? Why would we exist you know, at that point? Like, if we reach perfection, then there's no more movement, there's no more energy moving, there's no more process, there's no more continuation. There will always be something to push against. There will always be something to push against. It's, it's chaos, order, contending. And you can't come and tell me like, ah, oh, religion is bullshit because we don't have seven arms. <laughs> Like, how can, how can anyone be fucking serious about such an argument, man? And, like, people somehow take him seriously. And you have millions of people listening to him. And I have, I have you guys. <laughs> so that's great for me, for now. All I know is that I need to experiment more because, you know, as long as no one's watching, as long as, you know, the people who are listening are, are tolerant of me being the way I am, then I might as well take advantage of, of the early stages to see what works a lot more than just following a process that feels comfortable for me. You know, because this feels comfortable. I can drink a tea and talk for, for a long time. And I can sit in front of my mic on my table for a long time. But I think I should do this often. I think it's just nice being out with a tea. Now, this is how Midnight Wisdom started in Spain back when I was uh, recording on my on my own. Yeah, maybe if I find, like, an interesting uh, recording from back then, you know, I'll throw it in. But, yeah, you know, I want to I wanna test a few things. You know, let me just finish my thesis first. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I do want to test a few things. I think it's just more fun that way. You know, create and, and try to see what the directions that you can go in. Ah. <sighs> All right, this was this was good for me. I'm really glad that this uh, turned out the way it did, because at the beginning, you know, I was just being depressed that I'm not working on my thesis when I felt like I should have or should be. I made myself a tea and decided to go drink it and come back and, and read a few papers. And then I I left the door, and I started walking in the middle of the street, appreciating how like the world is asleep and I'm awake with a tea at midnight walking in the middle of the road and I wasn't even planning on going to that area where then I saw the moon you know but then I saw it and I was like fuck <laughs> I need to go back put the tea on the floor ran 
because it wouldn't have been optimal to carry the tea with me the entire time. And now it's cold as hell, and it's not even done. Chugged it. Alright. This was good. I have to believe that everything is going to be fine. I have to believe that this process is happening through me. And I need to let it. I need to trust. I need to realize that there's nothing to protect. And I need to realize that I don't need anything. <laughs> there's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. <sighs>